Hey, Lifehouse fam, Renee here. Got my Bible on the road with me today. We're looking at Luke chapter 22, and we're going to see such a really broad scope of Jesus engaging the world in his final moments that are leading up to um, his arrest, suffering, crucifixion. Uh, the fulfillment of the plan of God, redemption of humanity. So Jesus is on his way to the cross, but before he goes there, we're going to see in this one chapter, Jesus with his disciples, Jesus with his good friend Peter, we're going to see Jesus with his father in prayer, we're going to see Jesus with his betrayer, Jesus with uh, the religious leaders. So we've got a lot to look at, and um time he's spending with the disciples, the, the betrayal that is soon to come is heavy upon him, you can tell, and he's, he's wrought with emotion and saying, you know, one of you will betray me, and it says in verse 24 that a dispute started among the disciples, and they, they must have been trying to figure out who was going to do the betraying, and this dispute, I imagine, was something like, I'm not going to betray him. I'm, I'm the faithful one. I'm the one that sticks by his side. And maybe another one saying, I'm not going to be the one to betray him because I, I mean, I'm his favorite. So this dispute arises and it seems like they were p pulling rank. And Jesus starts right then to teach them about the kingdom of heaven. And whereas the world's kingdom pulling rank is what works in the world system, Jesus is saying that's not how it works in the kingdom of God, that it is the least who will be the greatest. And he says, consider a child, consider, consider a servant, that those you would assume are the least in God's kingdom are actually the greatest. And um, we see Jesus talking with his friend Peter in this chapter, and he uh he says to Peter, your flesh is going to be weak. You're going to be tempted. And he says, but Peter, I've prayed for you. And I just want us to take comfort in the knowledge that Jesus is our advocate in the throne room of heaven. The Bible says that Jesus lives to intercede for us. And we see that example here as he is telling Peter, I have prayed for you. And he, he speaks of such a hope because he says, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. What is the strength that Peter will have when he turns back to Jesus Christ? And it's his testimony. Peter is going to be able to say, and he did, I was weak in my flesh. I was tempted. I fell away from the good testimony of Jesus Christ. And he, he's going to be able to say, but God restored me. And he did say these very things. Peter was set free by the love of God, and it is a testimony. And we have the same testimony, the believers in Christ. So when we share our testimony, we open up opportunities for other people to be set free. But it was interesting that after Jesus told him, you will fall away, Peter was confident in his, in his own ability to defend Jesus to the end. He said, Jesus, I'm ready to go with you to prison and even to death. And that is pride. That is pride. And that is the default mechanism for everyone with breath in their lungs. We have a confidence in our flesh. It is our default mode. 
and we can go from being a God worshiper one moment to a God defamer the next. And it just takes following the pathway of pride. But Jesus said, no, in fact, you will deny me three times. We see Jesus with his father. He's praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And I love this heartfelt prayer of Jesus. We see his humanity where he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. And that was the cup of wrath. Jesus was going to know the full extent of God's punishment for man's sin. Even though he was without sin, he was going to bear that in himself. All sin for all time, for all mankind. And he's asking the Father, is there any other way this can be accomplished? But the real battle was won in that garden when he surrendered his will and said, not my will, Father, but yours be done. So much anguish the Lord Jesus suffered leading up and hanging on the cross. Jesus with his betrayer, we see when, when the religious leaders and the guards from the temple are sent to um, arrest him in the garden. Uh, Judas had a signal for these religious leaders. It was a kiss, and Jesus says to Judas, you betray the Son of Man with a kiss. We see Jesus with the religious leaders. The statement in chapter 22 that really stands out to me is, um, but now... This hour for darkness to reign has come. And so what that is showing me that when we see darkness in the world, God has allowed it, that nothing of an evil nature is allowed to have its purpose unless God allows for it to happen. He doesn't, he's not evil, he's not making evil, but he can allow evil to accomplish the purpose. But put yourself in the, in the, in the place in the ranks of this mob that have come to arrest Jesus. You know in that moment they're thinking, we've got them. Finally, there's not gonna be a bunch of people to defend him. We're not, we don't have to be afraid of people defending Jesus. Like, there's no way he's escaping this now. And now we're really gonna get him out of the picture once and for all. Like, they are so confident in, in their plan and their scheme. But God has allowed it. Isn't that crazy? Like, they think they're winning in that moment. but. Darkness was defeated because God robbed the grave of his one and only son when he raised him back to life and Jesus lives forevermore. Jesus had told Peter that he would deny him three times and we see that happen in this record here in Luke 22. And I want to land here because rather than see uh, Peter's weak moment, I want us to see it for what it is. It is us denying Jesus. And there are three times that come quickly to my mind. Uh, when we blended in with the world, when in reality a bold stance for Christ was needed in that moment, we have denied Jesus. When we received a compliment, a compliment and we failed to direct our admirer uh, to the goodness and the perfection of God and instead we received that compliment into, unto ourselves, we denied Jesus. When we explain away a conviction and saying it's something other than what's really happening in our, in our spirit, it's a holy urge to walk the straight and narrow, uh, 
path of God and, and our peers are taking notice of our different behavior and when they ask why, we just dismiss it with some kind of excuse other than that opportunity to stand for the goodness of God and the power of Jesus Christ at work in us. We've denied Christ in those moments. And we've all done that. We've all been weak in our flesh. And so I just want to pray over us today. And it's, it's nothing that needs to be taught. It's something that is planted in the heart of the individual. Peter became an amazing voice in the kingdom of God. And it wasn't by might, it wasn't by power, it wasn't by education, it was by the Spirit of God. So let's pray. God, I pray in this moment, as we look at our humanity written in this black and white page of the Bible, I, I love all the red ink, God. Jesus, I love to hear you speak because what you speak is true, what you speak is righteous, what you speak is eternal. And I pray, Father God, for our hearts humble and acknowledging apart from you there is no salvation jesus you are the grace of god and we need you and we have life and hope because of you and god i pray that this grace you said if an earthly father knows how to give good gifts to his children who ask of him how much more will the father in heaven give the holy spirit to his kids when we ask so god we ask for your holy spirit that we would be a bold testimony of you, Father in heaven, that we would testify to what Jesus has done in us. In Jesus' name I pray.